welcome to the KuzaCast, where we interview some of the most influential people in tourism from around the world. My name is Graham Watson, and I'm the founder of Kuza Global. The word Kuza means a new dawn, and in 2023, we want to find out just how our guests are working towards that new dawn. Join us and subscribe to future episodes as we hope to inspire you with stories of strength and resilience in the tourism industry. Welcome everybody to another edition of Kuza Cast. Today my guest is Kwache Donko, who is the CEO of Africa Tourism Partners. Welcome Kwache. Thank you, Graham, and uh, Happy New Year to you once again. Happy New Year, Happy New Year, Kwache. It's been quite a quite a quite a three years we've had in the industry, and I'm I'm really hopeful that 2023 will be uh, will be the year we can all all look forward to for prosperity. Exactly. We all look forward to that. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining me today, Kwachir. Um, You know, obviously, I met you last year when we did the African Tourism Leadership Forum, which I was privileged to be a part of as a, as a panelist. Really had a great time, met some amazing people and uh, wanted to just uh, have you on the show just to talk about your experience in the industry so far and and how you see all the recovery happening in, in 2023. Um, so just if you could just let the audience know just a bit about about your history, I see you you've got uh, you've got experience in, in finance, marketing, uh, you know, as you know, focusing on the tourism ministry itself. So just run back from where your career first started to how you got to where you are today. Um, I'll, I'll keep it very simple and short. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a chartered marketer by profession and uh I've been in different spaces, as you said. I've been in education. I've lectured before. I've run institutions before. And uh, I've been in financial industry, work for Africa, um, Africa Bank Limited Investment Limited in South Africa. Then work for Provident Financial in the UK. Then uh, my baptism to tourism um, basically became strengthened when I joined Fancourt as the marketing director, uh, you might know Fancourt as the leading golfing results in the Southern Hemisphere. Yes. And from there, the rest is history. Uh, from there, I joined the Southern Africa Development Corporate Development Community, uh, the body responsible for tourism for the 15 countries of Southern Africa. And uh, as I said, the rest is history. I've been in the industry uh, for all this time, proud to even me getting to Fancourt, I was involved in tourism uh, on my in my own personal capacity and uh, in a, my private capacity, supporting people in the industry, particularly the small enterprises in developing strategies, in, in marketing themselves, and helping them also to get into marketplaces and stuff like that. Uh, generally, I think I'm a Pan-Africanist. Uh, I'm very, very pro. Uh, African, um, and what I mean by that is trying to grow the the industry in Africa, making the little contribution that I can make to help change perception about the industry in Africa, create a lot more awareness uh, with positive narratives beyond what is currently out there, and making sure that as Africans we collaborate much stronger than we are doing now, and do better than what we are doing to be able to be more competitive and be able to attract the appropriate market share for the industry. Absolutely. Uh, so in a nutshell, that is who I am. Thank you. 
yeah, we, as we know, Africa has got so much to offer to the world and, and, you know, thanks to people like yourselves who are doing so much to, to highlight that. So tell us a bit more about the, the annual forum that, that you organize, which, as I said, last year in Botswana was, was great. Very well attended. I, you know, the panelists you had were, were fantastic. It was, it was a great, great, uh, a great show, very well run, uh, you know, even addressed by the president of Botswana himself. So, how did that all begin and and what is the future of that uh, of that forum thank you once again graham um going back to 2017 when i left the sadek regional body um i picked up the gap that there wasn't adequate commitment as far as the leadership of the continent is concerned to tourism and therefore tourism has been sitting on the peripherals of decision making, policy making, and even when it comes to implementation of the policies that are already in place. So doing a lot of work and a lot of research, yeah. I felt that there was a need uh, for the leadership across the industry, both private and public sector, to at least gather once a year to explore some of the opportunities, the low-hanging fruits, but more importantly, to advocate in a way that the tourism sector or the industry is invited to the dinner table at all places. So following that, a lot of research and startup, we launched the Africa Tourism Leadership Forum, being an annual platform where both private and the public sector will come together and debate issues, share insights, create awareness, and also advocate for a couple of things. Uh, as you know, there are a lot of challenges, not only in Africa, across the industry around the world in terms of flight, in terms of connectivity, in terms of visa, in terms of skills, uh, you know, and, and if one would like to really uh, improve uh, is the industry's competitiveness, then we got to talk about it. We got to make the leaders take it seriously. So that event was born out of that particular thinking. And uh, the first one was held in Ghana. Uh, Ghana hosted it. And I think since then, Ghana has taken tourism seriously. Uh, they, they're looking at events, uh, so many things, so many programs, which we've been privileged to be part of because we're involved in developing their brand and marketing strategy. Then from there, it came to Deban in 2019. And that also one of the key outcomes was for us to see the role of innovation and the young people in driving the industry to support what the leadership will look at, the issues that we discuss in Ghana. How do we implement them? How do we bring them to fall? How do we practicalize them? So out of that, the Youth Summit started. And uh, I think from there, Rwanda came to host it twice during COVID. Actually, it was the only tourism event that was held twice during the time of COVID 2020 and 2021. I think you were supposed to come to Rwanda in 2020. Yes, I was meant to come to Rwanda, but then the PCR test. So, exactly. So I think in a nutshell, the whole idea of the platform is advocacy in terms of improving the competitiveness of the industry, in terms of stronger collaboration, in terms of pushing for intra-Africa travel and possibly trying to advocate for the barriers to be lowered or hopefully to be removed um, and keep on advocating. Hence, uh, this particular event. Now, we got, we set ourselves a very big challenge. We had a president last year. 
So that means we have to lift the bar above what we achieved last year, which is a very big challenge. So we are currently exploring ideas, applying our minds. How do we basically take it to the next level? And I think for us, it's not just the gathering, but ensuring that the outcomes of that particular gathering are implemented in one way or the other. And we are pleased to say first time that the Africa private sector across at least about over 40 countries gathered in one room and look at the way that they can work together, which is a major achievement. We also discussed a couple of things with Botswana. It's not in our, um, it's, it's not, we are not in control, but we hope they'll be able to implement. If you look at Southern Africa or Africa, there are a couple of hubs. You go South Africa as a hub, Johannesburg, Cape Town, possibly there, but and if you go to East Africa, there are currently about three to four hubs. We got Ethiopia, obviously, with Ethiopia Airways. We got Kenya, Rwanda Airways is coming up strongly. So those are the three hubs. West Africa, per se, I don't think there is a major hub, uh, but obviously we can look at Nigeria and Ghana. So we feel that there's a need for us to grow tourism, for us to have a secondary hub within the Southern Africa region. So we've made a recommendation to Botswana policymakers to look into that and see how feasible. It will not actually compete with South Africa, but augment what South Africa is doing for us to get a critical mass that we need in the region and possibly spring across the rest of the continent. So in a nutshell, going forward, we will keep on advocating because the whole issue is about advocacy, changing perceptions about the continent, making our leaders believe in the sector and make more contribution and possibly invest more in the sector because infrastructure is also an issue. Um, we need more airports. We need more road network. We need more signage. We need more connectivity. And you and I will not be able to do that purely it could be done by government, but we have a role to play in ensuring we advocate and make as much noise as possible uh, uh, so that they can hear us and bring some of the discussions into action. Thank you. That's that's fantastic. I mean, you, you had such a wide range of people at the forum last year in Botswana, even people from America, hotel, universities, Cornell. I met a lovely lady who was helping yeah. um, educate um you know, ed- educate Africans and you know people from the African continent on uh, on hospitality management, which was awesome to see so many people coming coming through. W- when is the what what is the story for this year's conference? Uh, the story for this year's conference uh, will only be out next year. But what we are trying to do is to hopefully engage the Botswana leadership. Last year, we had a president. We had a couple of ministers. Uh, possibly the president could invite one or two of his colleagues to be able to champion some of the issues that we are tackling. Because as you and I know, when it comes to issues like connectivity, visas and stuff, it's only policymakers that could champion that. Mm. Um, in October last year, I was facilitating a UNWTO panel with the Deputy Prime Minister of Mauritius and the Minister of Botswana, sorry, of Nigeria. And the idea here is to possibly advocate for a presidential council on tourism, which is a very, very big call. It's a very big challenge. So we are in one of our appeals. I think you heard when I was thanking Botswana president 
saying that we will appreciate if you could work with us to champion issues around visa and connectivity. Um, currently, there is what you call SATA, which is the single Africa air travel market, which is currently championed by Togo. So they are championing that to make sure we have more connectivity. Uh, if you saw at the event, we have an um, Africa continental free trade area representative also there. So our hope is to work with these kind of stakeholders to be able to get a very um, organized leadership, policy leadership, policy making leadership to champion some of those things. So it is our hope that this year we may not only have Botswana president, and, and if he's not even the president, but we can have a lot more policymakers there and agreeing on one single thing that they can champion into the next five years because these things are nothing you can achieve overnight. So that is what we are hoping for. Secondly, uh, you spoke about Cornell and the institutions. What we have done is we've signed MOU with the University of South Africa to contribute to capacity building mostly for women and young people across the mind sector and women in leadership. So we are going to pursue, we hope that we'll be able to implement and be able to bring that into the forum. Then thirdly, uh, with Cornell University, uh, we have got what we call another initiative we are championing for the youth role to boost the youth role and foster youth involvement. It's called the Africa Tourism Innovation Hub which currently we sign MOU with University, thereby University of Technology and Cornell to be able to bring people into skills development across the industry, hospitality, tourism as a whole, the entire ecosystem. So those are things that we are pursuing in addition to the key outcomes and the discussions and the knowledge that was that were shared or was shared at the, at the forum in Botswana last year. Mm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of people, you know, I think there was definitely a discussion at the forum about, you know, these these forums are wonderful and everybody sort of says what needs to be done and everybody agrees. And then, you know, everybody goes away from the forum and then a lot of people don't actually see that that action happening. And then, you know, it's the next year's forum and they everything that you that we discussed hasn't actually been implemented yet. So how how as you say you've got all the policymakers there what's i mean how are we how are we as an industry pushing those policymakers to actually implement all these things that are so gratefully needed uh, needed and um and discussed and, and agreed on i think a lot of people get frustrated with the length of time things take okay what we've done we've created a concept called botswana fest and what that basically means is we want to use some of the outcome Botswana as a case study that could guide other people or other countries to be able to implement some of these things. So to give you an update, since the event on December 7th, I was in Botswana to present to them about the hub initiative that I discussed with you, which is currently with the minister to be able to see if he could possibly rally her colleagues around it and to be able to implement. Um, implementing Botswana First Connectivity could take about five years, but at least if that initiative is brought at that level, we believe that the president can share that with his colleague presidents and the minister can share that with her colleague ministers to be able to try and implement something of that nature. 
So for us, and the reason why we are looking at Botswana first is that the presidential leadership, by coming to us, sharing his vision on tourism, sharing with us the initiative, sharing with us his concept of value chain development, cluster development, and all those nice, fancy stuff. But the, idea, the fact that he made a trip to join us and spend almost two, three hours with us shows commitment. And we believe that if Botswana can do it as a case study, that could be used to basically guide other countries that are lagging behind to be able to do that. So that is one key action point that we are looking at. Another reason why we say Botswana first, because they are in with us, they are committed. Hopefully they've committed to host the event for three years. And we don't want to leave Botswana without practical actions and results. So all everything that we are doing will be Botswana first as a case study. Continentally, that particular initiative, the ATLF, is a catalyst for the Innovation Hub development. The Innovation Hub is not only for South Africa or Botswana, it's Pan-African. So currently, Namibia government will be championing with us, and then another hub will be in South Africa, where all the young people who participate in our program, we are going to look back the last three years, could participate in the program through mentorship, funding, and those kind of things. So that would be a, another tangible, practical action. Then maybe something you might not be aware of, we've been running what we call the Africa Mice Masterclass for the past five years, which basically also bring in the mice component into the industry, because you and I know that mice also these days come with pleasure, also contribute significantly, and that particular initiative is continuing. So we don't want to be doing too many things. We want to take two or three of the outcomes that hopefully we'll be able to gain some traction and based on the traction, we'll be able to carry on. But the whole issue, as I said, is to advocate, advocate and advocate because we don't have the power to implement. Then, that, But advocacy is not going to stop until the kingdom come. Yeah, well, that's that's great to hear, Kwache, because I think that's uh, that's the thing. You know, I think we all agree on what needs to be done, and 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 then it's it's out of our hands. We 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 don't we don't have the power to put the pen to paper and make things happen. As you say, we can only just advocate. So it's great to know that there are people like like yourself who are just championing all the all the causes. As we know, the you know the cost of air tickets are very very high, and and crazy. visa visa regimes and. You know, even, yeah, so I think it's important for Africans to be able to experience Africa um, at an affordable, at, at rates that the Africans can afford, you know what I mean? So it's, that's, that's great to hear all the work you're doing in that. In the last uh, three years, the tourism industry's changed a lot. You know, there's been a lot of businesses closing down, a lot of different ways of, of working, um, you know a lot of new ideas coming through what 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 do you think has been the the biggest change in the last 3 years and what's going to carry on going going forward uh do you think in the industry that's wasn't around in 2019 but was kind of needed to be around during the pandemic and and will 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 stay for the foreseeable future yeah thank you one important thing, um, I think I was just privileged, just before COVID, South Africa locked its borders, mm. I had the opportunity to speak on BBC. And the first question that they asked me, now that the borders are closing, what should be done? 
And as I told you, I'm a Pan-Africanist. I'm a fan of intra-Africa travel. I've been pushing for it. So my point to them is that it's high time, without knowing what was going to happen, we have to start looking at domestic tourism, improving that through new product development, re-engineering the product so that they meet the needs of the domestic tourists. Because at the moment in Africa, the products are not meant for Africans. Yes. So that was one. Then the second point I raised was regional tourism. Also making sure that the countries don't just go to well travel market, go to Las Vegas, go to New York travel show and market themselves, but they are also able to market themselves across the region. So we are looking at regionalization of tourism, right? And equally, the products need to be reconfigured in a way that certain percentage of the current and existing product will meet the needs and the demands of the regional tourists and the local tourists. So those things, I believe, is going to stay forever. What is still lacking is the product reconfiguration, but we know that takes time. If hotel was designed for particular audiences, to change that overnight to mid-local audience is going to be difficult. Pricing models, pricing strategies need to be relooked at. We know connectivity is a problem. However, if you look at places like Southern Africa, besides flying, their connectivity, road connectivity is very good. So we should start educating people to be able to travel by road. From here to Botswana is three hours. Mm. By the time I get to the airport, wait for two hours, I would have been in Botswana. But people are not aware of that. They are aware, but they're not really practicalizing that. They are not They are not experiencing that. So we've got to change our message and the narratives. I think as much as I'm an advocate for air connectivity, at the same time, we've got to start changing our mindset because connectivity is not something we'll resolve. Air ticket and price are not things we can change because there are a whole lot of things built into it. Airport taxes, which tourism ministers don't have control of, even finance ministers don't have control, usually under the ambit of the revenue revenue uh, institution. So this, some of these things cannot be changed. So we should not be fixated on that. We should have alternative, and the alternative is road trips across the region. So domestic and regional tourism, for me, are paramount. And I believe that countries need to invest a lot more. If you look at South Africa, about 70% of South Africa arrivals come from the region, but not much effort. The investment that we invest in the UK, we invest in the US, we invest in the European market is more. I understand revenue-wise, these people will spend a lot more, but there are also affluent Black Africans who, instead of spending their dollars in Dubai, in America, in UK, in Europe, we could find a way of getting them to stay. So that, that is one thing. Then the other thing that is about to stay, there has been an avalanche of innovation that has come as part of the tourism. Uh, I believe that there is a need for these to be, to be sanitized so that the ones that are doing well could be supported. Um, and the young people could also be encouraged to come through. So that kind of innovation is critical. Then the fourth one, it will be the fact that now destinations and countries and African economies now appreciate the value of tourism. Prior to COVID, they didn't realize how big tourism was making contribution to their economies. 
uh, they believed that tourism was 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 a, like any other thing, just about travel. But when people were not coming to the countries, the flights were not arriving, hotels were empty. We saw the impact of tourism, and I believe that policymakers, hopefully, um, those who are still in power, would think twice about the industry. So I believe it's an eye opener for a lot of countries, and these are the four dynamics that I believe that will continue. Uh, but then they could not be on autopilot. We, I'll go back to my first statement. We got to continue to advocate and advocate and advocate for these things and keep on educating people at all levels. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more about about local static uh, tourism and um, yeah, and getting and getting everything um, getting everything done for 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 the local market. I think it's really really important. Um, so thanks thanks for that. Um, what, uh, what, um, would, what advice would you give somebody who's, who's just starting out? I know you deal with a lot of SMEs. Um, so what, uh, what advice would you give somebody who, who maybe just needs that little bit of motivation to, to start out and succeed, um, in, in, in tourism? My, my humble advice is it's always good to have a mentor. I agree. Don't try and swim on your own because you'll be eaten by sharks. <laughs> so as 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 I, an entrepreneur startup, it's very important you spend a bit of time researching who is doing what in the industry. Reach out to them. Talk to them about the things that you need to know. So that is very important. The second point is that you don't just look for a mentor. You don't just wake up and want to go into the tourism industry. You must have a passion for it. Because a lot of people think that if you are in that industry, one, you get opportunity to travel. They think you, you can make a lot of money by just calling people to travel. It doesn't work. The industry is hard work. So you've got to be passionate about it. And once you are passionate about it, you'll be able to invest your time and resources to make it work. If you are not passionate about it, don't try it. Then the, the, the final one will be start small. Start with your local area. So if, if, if you are a new entrant, you don't just start going to the UK market. You got to understand the products that are in your area. You got to understand, are there, is there markets in your area? But do the basic stuff that every entrepreneur will do because tourism is not different from any other sector. Whether you are mining, finance, whatever, the principles remain the same. And finally, you've got to be visible. Visibility is very important. So find a way, uh, whatever format, social media, whatever platform that is available to you, try to be visible and engage and connect with people. That would be my humble advice. Well, that's excellent advice. Thanks, thanks, Kwache. I think a lot of a lot of the listeners will benefit from that, particularly who's uh, who as as they're starting out in this great great industry of tourism here here in Africa. Kwache, thank you so much for your time today. How can people you. get in touch with you if they want to experience the leadership forum um, and get a bit more information? Yeah, the leadership forum is uh, the website is www.tourism leadershipforum.africa or they can reach out to us plus 27813037030 so with a phone number and a website and then our email address will be uh, I'll give my personal it's Kwache at Africa Tourism Partners K-W-A-K-Y-E at Africa Tourism Partners dot com 
Uh, you can reach out to me then and get the right person to attend to it. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Thanks, Bachi. I'll, I'll put that information in the, in the, in the text as well. Um, thank you. Well, thanks very much, Kwache uh, Donka. We uh, have had a great chat about tourism in Africa and how we see it going forward in 2023. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Graham. Thank you, Graham. And thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed the conversation, then please subscribe, leave us a great review, and even check out our Patreon page. Until next time, I'm Graham Watson, and thanks for listening to the Cooser Cast.